So, it's Advent, and the beginning is near. You know, we see people all the time standing, I don't know about all the time, but regularly we'll see people standing on the side of the street holding up signs saying, the end is near. Trying to scare us, right? Scare us towards something or to do something, which I'm not really sure. Like, I don't think it's, I don't think we can be scared into heaven. I don't think we can be scared really into action. We can be loved into action. We can be invited into a life. We can be, we can be, uh, uh, loved into a relationship. And that's what we're about. Advent is my favorite time of the year. The four weeks leading up to Christmas. When I was a kid, I loved Advent because I thought the four candles were like a countdown until Santa Claus came, right? But that's not what we're doing. We're remembering by having these symbols and having these four weeks of of preparing and talking about preparing that this is who we are all the time. We're always people who are waiting and watching and looking and hoping and praying and acting and doing and forgiving and being forgiven throughout the year, and we're constantly on guard, and we're always looking for inbreakings of the kingdom of God. Listen to these words from Mark. This is found in Mark chapter 13, starting with verse 24. Jesus is saying these things. He says, But in those days, After that suffering, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then He will send out the angels and gather His elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that He is near, at the very gates. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows whether the angels in heaven, nor I mean, neither the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware. Keep alert. For you do not know when the time will come. It's like a man going on a journey when he leaves his home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on watch. Therefore keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening or at midnight, or at cockcrow or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all. Keep awake. May God give us wisdom and courage for interpretation. And may God give us wisdom and courage as we try to apply the truth of Scripture to our lives. Amen. You know, uh, anybody know who Norman Rockwell is? He's this painter from like, I don't know, what, the 40s, 50s, something like that. 30s, 40s, 50s, and he has these paintings that were all, oftentimes like on the, what is it, the Saturday Post or something on the cover of them, and it's always like, uh, I, I would say like he's got a few really famous paintings. One is of Ruby Bridges like walking up to the school, uh, going to kindergarten the first day. There are others where he's playing baseball or a granddad is teaching a kid to fish, but there's a really famous one where Norman Rockwell 
has painted a family sitting around the Thanksgiving table. And I want to say this. I think Norman Rockwell may be the most dangerous painter of American history. And when I say dangerous, you may be thinking like rebellious, like the kind of art that motivates us or inspires us or scares us. But I think Norman Rockwell might be dangerous because when he paints paintings, they're an ideal that he has for what American life should be. So his painting of the family gathered around the Thanksgiving dinner table, they're all smiling and they're all happy and they're all glad to be there and they're thankful to be in one another's company and you can just kind of imagine the things that they're thankful for, right? But that's not how many of our families look. He didn't paint that the sweet potatoes weren't cooked the way that we wanted them to be cooked. And he didn't paint that your favorite pie didn't get made. And he didn't paint the frustration because the men sat around watching football instead of helping in the kitchen. And he didn't paint the fact that Uncle John and Uncle Paul got in an argument over whether who was a better president, Donald Trump or Barack Obama. He didn't paint those things. And so it's kind of dangerous because we look at his paintings and they have the, it's idealistic. It's like, this is what we want our families to be like, but that's not real life. Real life isn't that ideal. And I don't want to say that it's dangerous for us to reach for our ideals. Like, idealistically, our church would have as much money as we could ever possibly need for any possible thing, right? Like, we could dream giant things and do them tomorrow. But that's not how it works. But... The thing about ideals is that we can have an ideal for our lives and we can work towards that thing. You can have an ideal career and you can work to get to that career. You can have an ideal family and you can learn how to manage relationships and learn about your own brokenness and your own dysfunctions so that you can at least make a change in the way you interact with the people around you. What's that have to do with Advent? guys who hold the signs up that say the end is near have this ideal that they're that they're hoping for right like everything's going to end and we're going to escape from reality and we'll fly away and 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 we're going to like be in the sweet by and by and all of this stuff that we deal with today will be gone I don't know if you noticed, but Jesus said, this generation shall not pass until these things come to be. I believe Jesus. I believe that the beginning is near. I don't care about the end. Because the beginning is hopeful. The beginning is, you, you, you start watching your favorite TV show and you hope it's a great episode, right? When you crack open the cover of a book, you're really hopeful that this might be one of the best books you have ever read. When you start a new school year, it's like this year, this year I'm going to get all A's. It's going to be different. If you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan, every year the beginning is better than the end. The beginning is the best part. It's the part where we hope and we look and we watch with like good anxiety, with anxiousness. It's like the night before you get to go to Disneyland. 
you know, that feeling where you can't sleep and your voice changes a little bit because it's just like crazy. It's, it's the night before Halloween for Angie. Or actually the night before September 1st when she starts celebrating Halloween. The beginning is near. I would venture to say that what we're celebrating these next four weeks is that the beginning is here. Jesus said, nobody knows. And I think the reason he was saying nobody knows is because nobody's watching. His last words in that phrase were, stay awake, keep awake, because it's here. He said oftentimes through the Gospels, the kingdom of God is at hand. It's happening. It's here. You know, we can translate the word kingdom of God into reign of God. When God is in control and God is doing things, and that happens today. Last week I was teaching you how to witness to people. And I said we are to be tour guides of truth. Tour guides of goodness. When we see it, we point it out to people. But to do that, we have to be awake. We have to watch. We have to expect. Let me see that one. We have to expect great things. As followers of Jesus, that's what Advent is about. It's about knowing that the beginning is near and we're expecting great things to happen. Ask yourself, what are you expecting? What are you watching for? What are you waiting for? There's a song that I love. It's an old, old hymn. And it says that all creation groans in labor waiting for the day when all races will be equal. All creation groans in labor, waiting for the day that fear will cease and women can walk in dark without fear of violence. Are you expecting that? Are you hoping for that? Are you praying for that? Because if you are, you will be doing that. You will be the people who do. We are Advent people. We're people of hope. When it feels like darkness is surrounding us, we're the ones who remember there's a light in the darkness. And the darkness cannot overcome the light. The light always overcomes the darkness. We're the people who believe that love wins. We believe that long before it became a catchphrase, we believe that love wins. Jesus is telling his followers, it's now. What you're looking for, what you're waiting for, what you're hoping for is now. All too often, I'm afraid, that we take old hymns like, I'll fly away. You know, I'll Fly Away was a slave song. It was written by slaves who were held captive, and they, they had hope. Even in the midst of their captivity, they had hope that they would somehow escape from that. 
we've kind of taken it and made it be like, I'll fly away, I'll escape from the problems of this world, when really, really, we are so privileged. We have been given so much. And Scripture says, to whom much is given, much is expected. We've been given so much that we should never be singing, I'll fly away. We should be singing, I'll stay right here. We, we preach and think and hope about the rapture, this idea that like when the end times come, we'll just kind of vanish and be in heaven or whatever. You won't have to die, you just kind of vanish. And by the way, you know that's a really new idea as far as Christianity goes. That's not an idea that was believed in the 1700s or even in the early 1800s. Definitely not in Jesus' day. That idea, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong, I'm just saying if we live for that, then we don't have to care about our neighbors. We don't have to work for justice and for peace And we don't have to be the people who are people of hope because we're just hoping to go away. In 2010, there was a prediction made that the rapture was going to happen. And there was a guy who spent his entire life savings, and it was large, putting up billboards all over the United States and selling t- or giving t-shirts away and getting followers to go out on the streets and say, this is the day. It's going to happen at this day and at this time. And I remember on Facebook, a bunch of my friends like took pictures of their clothes like laying, sitting on a couch and then posted it as if they had been raptured away and kind of made a joke out of it. But I didn't think it was a joke. In fact, it was frustrating to me. Because to me, the people who were hoping for that were saying, we're going to leave all of this mess behind and the people who go with the mess. I felt like if I said to Jesus, hey Jesus, what are you going to do? Would you go or would you stay? I think Jesus would stay. I want to stay right here. I'm going to be with the people who are stuck in the mess. That's hopeful. That's Advent living. That's watchful. That's being awake to what's happening around us and seeing goodness in the midst of brokenness. That's seeing light in the darkness. Morning Star, United Methodist Church. In just a few moments, we're going to celebrate communion together. And as we do that, when you come forward to remember, remember that we are the light. We are the city on a hill. We are the people of hope. We are the people with eyes to see and ears to hear. We are Advent people. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.